When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before, with hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doing our part. Blog Talk Radio. Thank <laughs> you. 
Tonight, and my name is Beverly D. 
And um, Mr. Rice is going to be talking about insurance versus bonds. And so I just want to say that uh, no one is giving out legal advice and uh, are claiming to be professional tax uh, preparers. We're just giving opinions only. How are you doing, Mr. Rice? Fine, Miss Beverly. Sorry to be late, folks. As the song says, wake up, everybody. And we don't need me. I don't not here to teach the children. We must teach the adults what to do. So you hopefully you wake up. I know we might have lost a few of you all because it didn't even it, it wouldn't even let you stay online. I got Google. It just cut me off. So and uh, <laughs> even fifteen yeah, within tonight. fifteen. Yeah, tonight it wouldn't let you stay on. I'm in Google though. Google uh, Hangout. Okay. And it okay. cuts it cuts you off. It says fifteen minutes, but when I called within fifteen minutes, it still cut me off. I think I got in on uh eight twenty eight or something like that. Okay. But anyway, okay. folks, so I know a few people did Skype me and I said we're gonna be a little late. So there should be some listeners on that have questions, I have people who ask questions through the weekday and I feel these questions need to be done on the call so other people who would be affected by it may have something, a resolution for themselves. It seems like I'm getting a lot of calls, believe it or not, going back to the birth certificate and authenticating the birth certificate. And people are not really understanding what they are doing. Let me, uh, hold on a minute. I just want to see. I'm on the call. Okay. (laughs) And so, we are basically uh, speaking on uh, things that I've heard through what I did through the week, heard through through the weekday. And and if you have any questions now, remember, I have an agenda. I have something to talk about, so it won't be no dead air up in here, no dead air, no dead air. I do have subject matters to talk about, insurances, which we've been trying to do for the last two weeks. <laughs> and I found something out about bonds, which I know is going to make a lot of you very, 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 very happy. So have your pencil and paper. You should be in front of a computer. That is one of the minimum requirements. Have a computer so that you can check this out yourself, because I want to be bringing up a law. We have been talking about uh, our tax. This is tax season, and we've been talking about wages. And what did I say wages was? Under the W-2C, wages is titled as tips. Now, it's so nice when I got people out there telling me different laws they ran into. So, folks, all those by the computers, if not, not write this law down, 26 U.S.C., 1397, again, 26 USC for United States Code, 1397. And in parentheses, you're going to have A, small a in parentheses. You're going to have the number two in the parentheses next to it. You're going to have capital A in the parentheses next to that. And a Roman numeral I, which will be in the parentheses uh, after that. So we're talking... Uh, 26 U.S.C., 1397, small a, number two, large a, and Roman numeral I, or maybe that's one. You can look at it as being one. 
and is basically given a definition of wages. And it says on that, again, and I'll give you a few minutes to get that law. In a few moments, a few right now, if there are any questions that people have to ask, because we know questions set the agenda, and then we'll get back to this uh, law that I gave you and some others that you need to be uh, looking at. Um, if are there any questions out there right now, please bring your questions. Let me give Nobody. you the phone number. The phone number oh, yeah. is 323-642-1586, 323-642-1586, and push the number one, and I'll see your hand raised. Okay. One okay. of the situations, one of the questions or uh, situations that came to me this week, actually yesterday, was it yesterday or today? Anyway, they, they Skype it to me. Um, about they were authenticating their birth certificate. And I, I'm not understanding everything they did, but apparently they sent an affidavit to somebody, Secretary of State, and they didn't accept it. So if this person is on the call, and I hope they are on the call and they didn't hang up earlier, um, they're going to need to explain it a little bit more. Because you, please understand when the affidavit is attached to the uh, um, birth certificate, the authentication at the state level, and the authentication at the uh, federal level. But those authentications do not have your signature. So there's nothing saying that it's you because your signature isn't on it. The affidavit must go on it. And you can make that, those other affidavits, um, those other authentications as a exhibit of what you're talking about in your affidavit. So sometimes you can't really put them together because I know we have some secretary of state office that will not put an affidavit on the uh, uh, authentication on the affidavit because there's a federal on there and they, and it's coming to find out that you cannot, um, that you cannot put a lower affidavit on top of a higher one. And that's what some of them may see it as, that if they put, if you got it all together and there's a federal affidavit on there, that the state is not going to put an affidavit on top of it. But it's not the, uh, the state, I'm sorry, the state will not put a affidavit on top of the federal affidavit. So hold on a minute. Um, I'm in a meeting, can't talk right now. Okay, so the the federal the state cannot put one on top of the federal. We have situations like that. So actually make it in as like it an exhibit that what you're doing because in your affidavit you're summarizing the numbers and the names that's on the authentication, but they're not authenticating what you what you've already done at the state and federal level. See, they didn't you might have that kind of situation. So then make it, if you have to make those uh, other affidavits from the state, the birth certificate, the state, and the federal, make it an exhibit, exhibit A, exhibit B. So you'll say exhibit A, it was the birth certificate. Exhibit B is the authentication from the state. Exhibit C would be the federal authentication. And all you're doing is saying that this is that you're referencing 
and summarizing everything on the affidavit because you are creating, and it's a birth certificate, it's going to be a beneficial ownership or a beneficial interest. It's up to you. Ownership kind of make you think that you're liable, but a beneficial interest. So it's an affidavit of beneficial interest and that these authentications you've done earlier are exhibits of what you're summarizing because you're saying who the person who signed it and the number is relating to. So if later on through the years, if anyone asks, oh, did you authenticate your birth certificate or you tell them I authenticated, you don't have to send in those originals. All you do is give them the affidavit because the affidavit is going to be your signature, a notary signature, and is going to have a state authentication. Plus, you're going to register everything in the same envelope. You're going to register them to yourself. I got people who done it. They didn't do all of that. They did not register it to themselves. Why? Because registration is a, is a superior priority position. The corporations cannot register anything. All they can do is registration because they're dead. All they can do is put it in record. They can put a record on it, but they can't register it. They can't go through the post office and register it as we do it to ourselves. Was there a question? We have a caller. Okay, then. Go ahead. Caller. Okay, 111. Hello? Yes, we hear you. Yeah, hello, Beverly. Hello, Mr. Mr. Rice. Thanks uh, for having this great show. I've been listening to you. Uh... Thank you. Yeah, you so my, my, my question is the 1099. Um, is there a way we can uh, get a paper trail to see uh, when, the, let's say, the mortgage company uh, accesses our uh, estate to get the funds for the mortgage loan? Well, all you could do is send them a letter, and, and, and of course, you include a 1099-A. Why? Because the 1099-A says that you were the lender and they were the borrower. Now, if you look at publication 1212, page 7, are you, you've been listening to my calls. Are you familiar with that publication? Yes, yes, I am. And where I have put myself on the OID as the recipient and them the payer, yes. Oh, Okay. Well, we the payer at, on the one that they received when they took the funds out of our state. If we find out who gave it to them, because they, they received the 1099 OID uh, with their tax identification number and someone else's funds, that means we were the payer, they were the recipient. So from the beginning, they got a receipt showing that we were the lender and they were the borrower. We gave them funds. Again, it says later, they identify as being nominees, and then they must file a ten another 1099 OID, making themselves the payer and you the recipient because they must return the funds back to you. But it says that they have to give it to the owner. Well, you never told them you were the owner because when you sign a contract, you sign it as a debtor. You say, I will pay you every single month. So that is a sign of a debtor. So by putting the 1099A and stating that they abandoned the funds, 
meaning that they have not reported it to the IRS, because I don't care what loan you received. I don't care car, no house, no student loan, credit card. Nobody gave you a letter at the end of the year saying that they gave you money. They never showed you that they even reported it to the IRS. So that's what we have to do. I'm sorry, you were breaking up. Say it again. I said there's there's nothing showing uh, from them. Exactly. Okay, well, then we have to do it. And when we do it, and we feel it using an A because we're saying we're the lender, they're the borrower, and, of course, we're giving a red copy to the IRS, so we just alerted the IRS that these people have funds in my name at their account, and you put the account numbers that they gave you on the coupon at this account, and we didn't get our OID back when we gave them an A, and we gave them so many days to do that. So if they don't do it, then you can contact the IRS and file a 3949, which I call a tattletale, I'm telling on you, a 13909, which saying you think you tax exempt. You won't take money out of my estate and not pay any taxes or not report it as being a tax issue. All transactions are taxable. So why didn't they send you something saying that it was through the IRS? So we're using the IRS as our defense. We're, they should be, the IRS should be going after them saying, could you please have them give me my OID as a state that you told them to do in publication 1212, page 7, as nominees? Will you please have them do their job? Let them do it. Don't worry about people. Y'all ready are trying to do your own OIDs and all that? No, no, no. Use the IRS and say, you are, they're not following your laws. They're saying, you know, kiss my behind. We ain't giving them anything. Okay, well, I'm I'm not in an issue no more. You need to talk to the IRS. Because if you send something to them and they don't respond back, it's pretty much they're saying they're going to do what they want to do. So when you send them a letter, and I have one on Scribe that I suggest that you can give them. It's, it's their third-party debt collector. But actually, it could be anyone who say. You owe them a debt. Any debt that you owe came from your estate. But they not reported to the IRS. But I guarantee you, when the IRS audits your account, all those debts on your credit report, if you told them all up, it's going to be what the IRS is asking for from you when they say you owe money. They're saying that these are funds that were taken out of your estate and you haven't assessed them or reported them to them. And when you report it to them, you use your exemption ID number. So cross out that social, put an exemption ID number, which is your social, without the dashes, because that means you don't have to ever pay nothing on it. You'll get funds back. You exempt. HJR 192 says, all your debts are discharged, every single liability. It's discharged, not some, not a few. Every single liability is discharged. So, so, so we put the Social Security without dashes on the 1040 form, right? I would cross out. Now, 1040 is slick because they they be putting those lines in there like they're dashes. But personally, if you go with a 1041, and you'll see that it's just a line. There's no dashes, no nothing. You could put it on a 1041 because you are in a state. Create a trust. 
file under a trust. Don't be filing under your social. File under the trust, but you will state that the social is where the funds came from. When you go down to uh, Section G on the 1041, go to Section G, line 14, Federal Income Withheld in 1099. On line G, where it says, on line one, where it says uh, interest, I haven't really been defined what the interest is, and we've been looking it up, and nothing happened. Came. I put zero. If I don't know something, put zero on line one. Just like you put zero on line one, where it says wages, income, and tips on the 1040. Put zero, and then you go down to the line that says federal income withheld and 1099, and then you total all of them up. If you got it from your, you know, uh, a copy of the W-2, whatever. You're going to be putting that in along with the W-2C. So you correcting the W-2, and I just gave you a definition of what wages is. And under under number I, it says an amount paid, incurred by an employer, which is excludable from the gross income of an employee. Excludable. That means that the gross is what came out of your estate. They're giving you something that's not part of your gross. It's a tip. And that defines it. That just, that's a def- definition on the 26 USC 1397. Number A1, A2, capital A, and number one. It said excluded from the gross. What that means, the gross is what they got out of your out of your estate to pay you with. But this is something excludable. It's not part of what the employee gave you. When you go to a restaurant and you tip the girl, it didn't come from the employer. It came out of your pocket. GM, when I go buy a car, it didn't come out of their estate. It came out of my pocket. So, but we must, we must use, we got uh, people, and the IRS job is to balance our books. Someone took some funds out of our estate. It's only right that you go to them and file a complaint, folks. Don't be scared of them. They are your friend. They really can be your friend. You tell them. That's why I call it 1099A. It's also an alert. It's abandonment, but it's also, to me, it's called an alert. You're alerting the IRS that these people claim they, that you owe them something, and they did not return it back to you. The excuse might be that they don't know who the owner is. That's what publication 1212 File another 1099 OID to each owner. But you didn't put yourself as an owner. No one is sitting in a coupon along with a 1099A. After you do that a few times, I think they probably quit sending you a bill because that means they got to pay you. Remember, these are fiduciary trustees. Public trustees work for the owner. They work for the creditor. But if they don't know who the creditor and the owner is, if the office of the creditor or owner is vacant, they keep the funds until the owner or creditor comes back. I hope I didn't go too much for you, sir. I hope you're able to stand what I'm saying here. Yes, yes, thank you. Just last question. Can we get extension on the 1099s? Because I think they are due March 2nd. Where did you see that at? Uh, I think it is, uh, I was reading the instructions for the form 10, uh, 1099 OID. I, I find that hard to believe because some people, they file their tax annually. Some folks file it um, quarterly. 
You know, you can file it quarterly. Uh, you know, people file taxes quarterly, semi-annual, you know, every six months. Why would they have one specific date for an OID when you have a bank accounts that you could do every every three months? Huh. I, I find that to be kind of, you know, difficult to understand. Why are they going to give you one day out of the year when you can file your taxes and add it onto your taxes, you know, at least four times a year at the minimum? Because I'm waiting for the for the 1099 forms now from the IRS. Well, well, you, I should get those. Well, you, I, I'm not understanding. When you say waiting, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing. You mean when you ask for them to give you the blank forms? Yes, I ordered the blank, the 1099 blank forms, and I'm waiting for them. Okay, which ones did you order? The uh, the uh, 1099A and the OID. Okay, did you do you get a W two at the end of the year? No. Okay, so you don't get W two. For those who get W twos, then you have to order the ten W two C. It's also have to be ordered. It's a scannable document where you have to convert the W two into a a labor charges, and that's what we're doing. We're converting the labor. So you get OIDs from your employers, right? Yeah, the W two is the OID, like you said. Yeah, but do you? What are you getting at the end of the year? Are you self employed? You, if you don't get a W two, are you self employed? Yes. Okay. So you get? Are you getting W? Uh, are you getting ten ninety nine miscellaneous or something like that? Yes. Okay. Well, you file that on that same line fourteen uh, section G. On the uh, 1041, you go to Section G. But there's another form, another schedule where you total it all up. I forgot, is it Schedule 1? One of them where you put everything on there, like if you have more than one 1099, you you total it all up, and then it tells you to put it on line 14, you know, Section G. So, you you know, you have to... Don't he supposed to get uh, the 96? Oh yeah, you gotta order the. Yeah, you gotta order yeah, the ten ninety. Right. You okay? I'm sorry about that. Thank you. I got. I got. Somebody got my back. Hey, hey. But anyhow, um, yeah. And and basically, it's not that difficult because you exempt from everything else. You really exempt, especially if you put that exemption ID. Now, if you're on a ten forty, I would scratch off those little lines they got up there where they try to separate the numbers. And uh, and write it underneath it. You you could change those yeah, documents in the the ten forty instructions. They tell you not to, not to change anything. No, oh, well, if I sign it, if they want me to sign it under truth, no. If I'm not going to sign it, if they're not going to let me to well, put what I need to put on there properly. But can you I put the number on on top of those lines or la, or up under it? You don't have on top of the dashes that uh you know yeah. just keep it going. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. You're changing it by putting that number somewhere under it or on top of it, but don't put it where 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 it separates it into a a uh, U.S. citizen. That those three dash those two dashes make you a U.S. citizen. That's like first, middle, last kind of thing. So those numbers should be on the top. But personally, you're not supposed to be filing a 1040, people. Only You only do it 
as part of your uh, certificate of title. Let's say you identify in a debt. Okay, let's say you're going to do a 1041. Then you would uh, use the 1040 as a certificate of debt identifying each debt that you're sending them. So each one will have their own 1040 that would be on line uh, 14, I believe, line 14 on the 1040 for 1099s or for federal income withheld. You total those all up. You attach them to the 1041 on on line uh, um, and section G, line, what is it, 14? On the back side, section G, I think it's 14 or is it 17? Now my you got my you got I got all these numbers all mixed in my head here. You are, but anyway, you should be doing a 1041, but you use you could use a 1040 as a certificate of title to identify if you have several debts. You know, I've been talking about going to your credit report. You might have three or four different credit people saying you owe money. Each one of them would be a 1041, a 1040 identifying the debt. And then there's another form called 410. You know, uh, 410 is where you uh, um, proof of claim. You're, you're proving that this is a debt that you're going to have. But, you know, again, you, you're putting a 1099A on each one of them, each debt, and that's how you're reporting it to the IRS with the A's for each debt. So the IRS can go after those third-party debt collectors and say, well, your assumption is they have a contract with you. Why didn't you return the funds back to them? Duh. Because they weren't the ones that took the money out in the first place. They bought it for something for a little bit of nothing. Well, it's kind of they kind of messed over themselves. Now we do what we need to do to report them because everything on the credit report has not been reported to the IRS people. Let's use them. Make it an IRS issue. They'll go after those funds for you. Thank you, caller. Okay, thank you. All right. Hope to help you. Okay, Any other callers? No more we questions. Had but they they fell off, so they can call back in. Oh, here well, they I go. Had one. Uh, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, eight three two. Six four seven eight three two six four seven. Uh, hello. Uh, how are you all doing? Hi. Okay. Uh, my name is uh, Leroy. I've uh, been listening to you for a while. Uh, I'm uh, seeking some uh, help. Not uh, according to the uh, subject matter at hand, and I'm hoping I have a friend. Uh, uh, have gotten himself in some trouble. And uh what he do? Well he uh purchased some uh, vehicles. Uh he thought his process was gonna work. He purchased four vehicles and well it got him in some trouble and uh, now he's uh incarcerated. He and got he, he, he got greedy, huh? Okay. Yeah, he purchased four vehicles, and so uh, I think he has come Did he ever get the vehicles? He did. Okay, so his process worked. 
It's probably he in jail for something other than getting a vehicle. They normally get you for something else. Otherwise, he wouldn't have got the vehicles in the first place. So normally it's something else. They might have got child support or someone or the probation, something else that they probably got him in jail for, but not because of the vehicle. If he got them in his hand and they kept and he still have it, uh, then it's probably something else. Well, they uh, contacted him and uh, asked, requested that he return the vehicle, and he didn't do it. First, uh, as you stated, uh, he he was on uh, uh, he 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 was on probation already too. Yeah. See. See, they wouldn't they they wouldn't issue them the vehicles if he hadn't done something right. I mean, come on, nobody give you something and um and and then come back later on and come get you for it. Why you give it to me in the first place? We wouldn't be in that situation. Right. So, so it's in, huh? No, it's something else involved here. It's something else involved here. Well, he said he was on probation and stuff, so. No yeah. Problem. They didn't like the page that they received. The who? Okay, but why did they give him the vehicle then? I mean, come on. They had a choice. They have a choice of not giving him the vehicle. So how would they, why right. would they give him the vehicle? Well, we that think don't make what happened. We don't know, but they charged him with fraud because they said they was not able to get the money. So, in other words, insufficient funds. Well, I don't know what he used with the vehicle, but it, it seemed to me that they would have made sure the check clear before they get to get issue out the vehicles. You understand? This is four vehicles. Why would they even mm-hmm. issue out? I, I, that's it's not making sense. And personally, it's difficult to say what he did, what they say he did, but I assume they say he committed fraud, but it seems to me that if you look at his case, it should spell out what laws he violated. Fraud, fraud has such a wide variety of, of, of violations, exactly what they're saying he violated and how much he owed. See, that's the problem you folks don't understand. He's in jail because he owed a debt and he didn't pay it. But your birth certificate has all the money it is to pay any debt. All you do is walk in with the birth certificate and say, I'm here representing this birth certificate, and so and I'm here to settle the debt. It has all the money. It's on bonded paper. You in debt because he's in debt because he did not identify himself. He made himself from a three-dimensional man to a two-dimensional piece of paper when it was a piece of paper that he should have submitted in court to pay the debt with or ask for the bond. The bond would have told you how much he owed. Everyone in jail, there's a bond. And all you have to do is when you get the bond, is flip it over and endorse it and give it back to the judge. I'm just saying, I'm just letting people understand that they can't put you in jail unless they have bonds because if they damage you, they have to be bonded to pay, pay you off. If you ask for the bond because you don't even know, again, you really don't know why he's in jail. That means you never, he never asked for the bond to see what he's exactly being charged with and how much he owes. He's in jail till the debt gets paid, but he don't even know. Y'all don't even know how much he owes. Your birth certificate has more money than you ever need in your lifetime. Y'all better start using it. Give me the bond. <laughs> 
Okay, Mr. Mara? Yes. Okay, uh, we he's uh, understanding all of, all of that, what you just said, but uh, I just, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, Virgo Triad. The who? Virgo Triad. Have you ever I listened guess, to them? No. No, I don't listen to nobody. No, I not really. I mean people have me go to different places, but I haven't heard okay, of that. Well, that is that yeah, a freedom? Really, yeah, well basically what uh this uh, lady comes on and she uh pretty much uh uh talks about uh the things that what we're dealing with. And anyway, she's got a uh particular uh uh YouTube and she t- pretty much uh, states to you, if you file anything like these uh, things about your birth certificate or whatever, uh, your social security or whatever, she lets you know what the uh, establishment of the government is going to do to you if, you, if they find you in violation. And this, uh, according to what she's stating in this uh, uh, YouTube that she put up, is that uh anybody going in uh and they find out that if you use you use your birth certificate as a way to get funds, they were gonna come after you in, in fraud. Okay, now I, I might what I was speaking of, you're not getting funds from the birth certificate. You the birth certificate is a bond. The judge right. is a broker. He's a broker. You giving it to them right. like you would go to a brokerage company and you say use this bond to pay whatever <laughs> debt you say I owe. You're not doing I it. He's doing that. it. I understand that, but I'm saying she's uh uh I guess they've been uh, her and the governor have been getting complaints and she's stating uh on that YouTube that the birth certificate is not a bond. And she says and she goes to different sites to prove a point. So that's why I was kind of bringing that up. But uh, okay. I, well, I, 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 don't, I, I wouldn't even, I, I couldn't listen to that because if I flip my birth certificate on uh, on the back side of it, it says it's a security. And I and I like to say right. anybody out there who has a birth certificate, they got a bond number down at the bottom of it. They have a, a, a bond number there because they put funds in there under the Social Security Act of 1935. Everyone got $1.58 million. And you get $1 million every year you are breathing. So I right. can't believe that it's not a a bond. It's on bonded paper. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And they got, yeah, so and they got form 1522 and 1455 that you could turn them into the treasurer and get funds from them if you do it properly. Yeah, well, what I'm saying is... That's what he did. He sent the paperwork to the treasury. Well, he if he want to get himself out, he's supposed to send him a note saying that I'm in prison because there's no such thing as a debt. You can't have a debt. There's no money. And I believe it's, oh, well, gosh, what is that? A volume one? That's just a large volume one. Oh, my gosh. My mind is so blank. Hold on a minute. Well, he just sent a letter to the treasury explaining that um, he's not able. How can you pay a debt when you have no funds? Okay. So he was supposed, he supposed to send a letter to the treasurer t- explaining that, and the treasurer would get you out. 
Let me get you the statues at large for that. Okay. okay. I, I believe it's uh, volume one. Oh, my gosh. My mind is blank here. Hold on a minute, folks. Oh, no problem. Yeah. Uh, because when, when they come after you like that, don't you – this is the time when you're supposed to uh, – Know the law and and show them where you're not in violation. Is that right, Mr. Rice? Well, yeah, you could use what they do. The problem is that again, they have everything already to take care of the debt. The judge should have took care of the debt in the first place, but you didn't put him in a position as a trustee. When he walked in there and gave his name, he became he did what's called right of uh, subjugation. He took him out of the trustee, out of the beneficiary position, and that's what you do when you walk in the courtroom, and the judge comes out of the, the chamber onto the bench as a public trustee. He should have took care of the debt, but when you say your name as if it's similar to the birth certificate, he just, what they call, subjugates you. He replaced you as being a trustee, and he became a beneficiary, and now he could tell you what to do, and if you don't have the funds to do it with, you go to jail. Yeah, he hasn't went before the judges yet. So, Mr. Rice, how is he supposed to answer the judge when the judge asks him if his name X, Y, Z? I'm here when when you walk in there and you say, I held my birth certificate in front of me. So he said, this is the item that you are charging. You're not charging a living man. I'm not even supposed to be in this building. You're charging. So he represents... Yeah, or you could do what uh, Pat, uh, Gene Keating, uh, I'm going to make this a special deposit. That takes it out of the debtor-creditor situation into a trust. Now the judge is stuck. After you get his judgment, you can go get a, a certified copy of his judgment and put that, make it a special deposit back into the court. That makes the judge become the trust and then a uh, trustee, and then he has to do what you tell him to do. But it's called special deposit. But it takes it out of the credit debtor position and put it in a uh, into a trust position because you you didn't walk in as a trust you didn't state that I'm in a, a trust because they know it once you stay a trust in the courtroom a trust has infinite amount of funds they know that but no one is stating it that's why you bring in there or you authenticated the, did he authenticate his birth certificate I don't yeah, know I believe, yeah I believe he did. Yeah, but he probably didn't register it to himself. And what he did, because if he did it and he did it federally, this is a rule that you need to look at. If you do it federally, it's called Federal Rules of Civil Procedure, Rule 44. Federal Rules of Civil Procedure, Rule 44. It says a final certificate of genuineness. When you have the the, uh, federal secretary of state give you that authentication, you are genuine. It's a certificate of genuineness. When you do it with the state, when you do it with the state, it's a certificate of authentic uh, 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 authentication, uh, uh, um, authorization. When you do it with the Secretary of State, it's a uh, a certificate of authentication. Oh God, not authentication. Authorization. When you do it with the federal government, it's genuineness. Authority. Okay, he got. He did something, a fiduciary appointment and authorization, 
uh, with a power of attorney and an appointment. No, that um, ain't that. That's not it. Go, that ain't it. That ain't it. You have to actually send it in. Uh, what you know what the name of the form is that you send to the federal government? Beverly offhand, is it ninety one forty something? Not a nine forty. What what you to what which government the treasurer or who? Yeah, yeah. the the secretary of state, the federal secretary of state. You know you had to fill in that form. Was it sixty ninety four some form that had to go in? Fifty six. You're not talking about fifty six, are you? No, no, no. I'm Did talking about when you authenticate when you are authenticating and you got the authentication from the state, then you have to send one to the federal to the federal government. Right, right. Yeah, I don't I, know it off the top of my head. Yeah, I think it's sixty forty nine, but it sounds like he didn't go through that process, so he don't have control over the birth certificate because it went, gotcha. again, when the when the federal government is put on top of it, it's called a certificate of genuineness. You're genuine. They they're not even original. They're nothing. They're nothing. You have to go in there and show them, I got a position. If you get my Social Security number, then you can't, you know, you're going to, you're going to jail. Did he, uh, did he put an affidavit on it, and did he uh, register it to himself? No, he didn't, he didn't do that. I'm not, I don't think he did. No, he didn't. He didn't do all the steps. He didn't do all the steps. And 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 then you could have go go got an assumed name certificate from Minnesota and register it to yourself. Now your name is registered. Anyone who uses your name is identity theft. See the thing is, people do, and I'm just I'm just letting people understand. Quit doing stuff when you don't have the protecting yourself, the protection of yourself. Make sure you put yourself in a position where you will not be detained. They cannot address you. You out of being a U.S. citizen when you because the birth certificate is a U.S. citizen. He don't have a name right now in jail. He has a number. He's not even a person anymore. I mean, a, a human being. He's just a person. He's just a piece of two-dimensional paper, and he has a number. All because he didn't protect his name. He didn't protect his security. I the birth certificate protect the, the, the security. So anyone who puts anything out using your social is called counterfeiting. And that's a serious crime. That that's a secret service goes after people who's counterfeiting. Right. But, but identity theft, the IRS will go after you for identity theft because my name is registered and you put it in the newspaper. See that I mean I just uh, you know, hey, look at look in uh Detroit Legal News, uh August the fourth and September the 12th of 2017. I think, I think years ago, he may have did that, because I heard him talk about it. It needs to go in the newspaper um, about eight years ago. I have to find out from him if he did or not, and then I'll, yeah. I'll let you know. But the thing about it is all of his documents was in the vehicle, when he got arrested, so the sheriff department has everything. His birth certificate, yeah. his UCC papers, everything. And and I carry mine with me too. And the thing that you don't talk yes. to the officer that stops you, you ask for the uh, the whoever uh, the shift supervisor. Supervisor. So 
Yeah, you tell them I, you need, I need to speak to the shift supervisor because the average cop has only got an IQ of 99. They're not that smart. They're, they're like in the military. They're the soldiers following orders. They don't know what you're talking about. As we said earlier to someone, nobody, the clerks and stuff, they don't know what you're talking about. You better talk to someone who's bonded, who knows something about what you're doing. So at this point, he is he doomed or what is it that he can do? I'm still going to Statues at Large. Okay. Uh, uh, volume 1, Statues at Large, pay 561, letter to Treasury for prisoners. What? Say that again. Say that again. The Statues at Large, Volume 1, page 561. If you on the Internet, it'd be good if you could read it to us. Are you on the Internet? No, I'm not. I need to get on the Internet. Yeah, people, don't call this show if you're not on the Internet, because I wanted to give you things. I want you to read it for yourself. I'm not making this stuff up. Don't say Myron said it. No, you read it. So y'all need to be on the internet when you ask a question. I've already gave you this one law, the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure 44, proving an official record, proving an official record, that this record of myself is is genuine. What do you got? I'm genuine. You're just a corporation. I don't even have a a contract with you. He must have been signing something because he wouldn't went to jail unless he somehow had a, made a contract with them. But I'm well, just saying, this is I don't care what they got you for. They are a that, that's McDonald's. The court is McDonald's. The court is Burger King. Can Burger King put fraudulent charges on you, ma'am? Now is he is he locked up now? Is he locked up? Yes, yes, he is. Yeah. So how do okay. he get out, Mr. Rice? How do he get out? Okay. It, it says here, if you go to that law, read it, uh, page 561. I'm, I'm it's just one way. Okay. If you go to scribe, I have a list of things to get you out of, to get someone out of jail. I don't really like that, do that, because it's time for him to get four cars. He was greedy, and he should have done it. But personally, sometimes right. they need some me time, okay? Because we have somebody here in Detroit that did the same thing. They got a car mm. one year back and got four more cars. They went to put that guy in jail or told him that if he does something, they will put him in jail if he don't give his car back because he had another crime that he had done. But just looking mm-hmm. at and reading section one, it said this is enacted by the Senate and the House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress Assembly that any person in prison upon execution issue from any court of the United States for the debt due to the United States, which he shall be unable to pay, may at any time after commitment make application in writing to the Secretary of the Treasury stating the circumstances in his case and his inability to discharge the debt. Now, you can keep going on and on, but what I just read there should be enough for you to go online and look it up and then try to figure out what are you going to be writing now. Right, and I'm actually trying to look up, but it's not. It, my phone is saying page five sixty one is missing, so I'm gonna have to do it on the computer. But oh, that's cute. <laughs> they they blocked you out automatically. Well, that's yeah. the point. It, I, I just read the first few lines. Then you're going down. So what are you going to say? Well, first of all, um, there's no money, and so the judge 
he didn't take the position of being the trustee. You know, I mean, you go through that. You didn't. He asked for the bond and they didn't give it to him. There's so many things you could might have to put in the letter. I don't have exactly, but I, I do have something online. Go to Scribe and it says something about something in prison or whatever to get you maybe get your mind going. But personally, some of these people need me time. Again, I got someone out of jail for this lady and. A week later, she called me in the bathroom on the toilet where he was whipping her behind, and she was scared. I'm like, why didn't you tell me? That's why he was in there the first time, because he was kicking your butt. I got him out, so now he can kick your butt again. So my thing on this prison hmm. thing, I really don't like it. I really don't care. And I had somebody who got out of jail because they made it a tax issue. He go, file a, you doing his taxes, file a 1099 LTC, long-term care. Make it a tax issue. 1099 LTC. They are taking care of him in jail. If he asks you send it to the warden, I need the LTC. Because I have to file his taxes. I'm his wife, girlfriend, or he has to make you the power attorney of himself. And you have to file taxes. You need to know how much they're taking out of his estate because everything that happens in the courtroom and in prison is never reported to the IRS. Never right. reported. There's a retired Judge Dale. He'll tell you what to do. Go online. He was a judge. He quit because he got tired of screwing up with people. His conscience got, right. got involved. So and I'm in the process of getting the um, power of attorney, but I was trying to figure out which one of the power of attorneys do I get for him. For taxes. There's a form uh, 2848 that the IRS used. He can sign that. My tax person okay. had me fill mine out every single year when she was doing my taxes back in the day and said, if the IRS call you, Mr. Rice, you refer them to me. Okay, thank you. I like that. Okay. But I'm just, I'm just telling you, there's, there's several ways to doing it. But personally, make, if you make it a tax issue and I told people to do that and they got out of jail, call me up. Uh, we out of jail, Mr. Rice, and we getting paid for every day we were in jail. Thank you. And then he hung up. And then I didn't hear from him about four months later. He called me and said, oh, I got an hearing for $75,000. What do I do? I said, well, you know, give me eight. Give me 8000 $8, Oh, that's okay. I'll Goodbye. I said, don't you call me back again. You understand what I'm saying? That's, I got you out of jail. You call me about a check you getting because mama died and you inherited and you can't give me anything? Are you crazy? Go, go. Leave me alone. And I was we're mad. They called me from the telephone. Yeah. Huh? I said, we're not about that. So, uh, I understand. Until they cross that path. I hear that all the time. You know, until they cut, to cross that path. Well, know, Mr. Rice, uh, Mr. Rice, you got to treat everybody as a separate case. It, yeah, you know, I got you. Can't, you can't take it out I, I, I mean, the other person. I'm not taking it out. I'm bringing it up so that I can tell you what I already experienced. Don't be the same. I mean, help get them personally. I'm, I'm, I'm like you. You figure it out. You figure. You can figure it out what to do. Don't ask me. I'm giving you rules and laws where you can look at it and figure it out yourself. I'm just giving. How you say? I'm pointing you to the water. I'm not forcing your head to drink it. I'm pointing you to the water of what you could do. But personally, some right. people need me time. They need that me time. I hate to say it. Cause that it was crazy. Four cars? Come on, how many cars can he drive at a time? If he wanted everyone well, else to have one, he could have been buying them for other people. 
Was he bad well, for other people? Then teach yeah. other people the process. Then teach other people the process. Don't do it for and them. Make them you. Make them do it for themselves. You show them. Have a family reunion or whatever. Family reunion and show them, people. Everyone has family reunions coming up this summer. Do these things for yourself, and that way you can show your family, and, and each state can have their own trust. They can all do their own thing when they go back home, set themselves up, but they always know they got somebody to call who's done it. Don't do it for everybody else. Yeah. I don't see everybody else going to jail, do you? I don't see that happening. Hey, Ms. Martin, so, is there a, a number or email that we can uh, uh, continue this conversation? No, no, I don't want to deal with that prison situation. I honestly don't want it. I'm pointing you to it now. And you can Skype okay. me at Rice Tech 6557, Rice Tech 6557, but I'm not going to talk about that subject. Because, you know, if okay. I, if, I mean, I can get everybody free from jail tomorrow. Everybody can get out of jail, but there are some people who not meant to be out, okay? I don't know his circumstances behind other than being greedy, <laughs> you know? That's how I look I'm at saying. it. He, he could have did his car and then drove around in there and showed everybody, hey, I got a car. You want to learn how to do it? I can show you how to do it. Right. You got. Uh, that's all I'm saying. That's the way it should have oh, been. Gotcha. Well, he had spoke with you uh, some weeks back. And uh, for him, I think uh, he had... Uh, thought he was on the same page with you and I think that's where he aired that and uh uh and that's why I he uh the way he's at. But uh I haven't I haven't spoke to anybody about getting no car. I, I mean I'm still going through that well, myself. I I, no, he called you and uh and he told you what he was in the uh, process of doing. Oh well I probably said, I probably and I probably wrote him saying, "Please send me the results." Well, I know what they are now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I probably said because I I haven't done. I can't really tell someone to do something that I haven't done. I try to let you know what I have done. You know, right? Getting the car has not done. Although I'm looking at somebody and telling you how to do it, and I can see it in my head. See, before I do anything. I have to see it in my head, period, period. I mean, from beginning to end. That's, and that's right. the way I operate. Apparently, well, I don't know what he what happened. He got the cards. I don't get it. How would they give him the cards if he didn't do the process properly? Because I know people. They, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Now, they, no, uh, I mean, I don't, uh, yeah, they. Go ahead. Reason, I think the. Uh, I say for whatever reason, the I think the process was, uh, uh, I guess, put a halt to a red flag because uh, he never got confirmation. He had documents uh, made out to the uh, treasury, to the uh, comptroller, and to the IRS. But he never received any confirmation, and then the, uh, I guess, the federal government, they came after him and they uh, told him, requested that, he turned back the cars in, and uh, it went on from that. So, okay. Well, it, we we, you know. we appreciate uh, the information that you've given us, and uh, I already I was asking for a number, or whatever that we could. Uh, if we had any I, other question that might 
Are y'all, are you all, are you all still in possession uh, of the cars? Are you all still in possession of the cars? Uh, we don't have them. Some other people have those cars. People that he gave them to. Oh my gosh. Only car that they took was the one that he was driving. How come how come they're not helping him get out? He gave them cars. How come they're not working on it? They must have been the one that told him about it. Who told exactly. him how to do it? They were the ones who told him about it. And they yeah. are not helping. <laughs> and I get that a lot. People do things that other folks tell them to do and they don't know have the slightest idea of what they are doing. Absolutely. And they, and later on the consequences is on you. When you go back, they're gonna come to you. They're not gonna go back to the people who told you. They're going to come to you and say, well, how did, why did you do this? I, I get this all the time. This man showed me a $100 million check. And um, I'm like, how did you get it? And he gave me a, a form of what he did. And I said, well, what did you do here? And he said, I don't know. I just did what they told me. I'm like, okay, well, here, take it. Thank you. And I walked away. I don't care. If you yeah. don't know yourself how it's done. I don't want to hear it because I can't say you told me. And I could be like your 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 friend and be in jail, and I don't have anyone that I can put point a finger to. That that don't make sense. So you you know don't do people don't do things if you don't have the enforcement, if you're not knowing how to enforce it, if you don't know how to protect yourself, don't do it. Don't right. do and it. See, they never put, they never reported the vehicles stolen, and to my knowledge, the vehicles are still not reported as stolen. But they got him That's on enough. fire because somehow they had a, some kind of template and they created a money order. And the money order has um, his social security number on it. It's supposed to be some kind of a state or something. Yeah. And and yeah. I'm, I'm listening to somebody right now talking about money or anyone could create a money order. And that's, they got that in a, a, a CPA review manual, 2016, that says regulations. Mm-hmm. It tells you exactly how to create a money order or to turn a bill mm-hmm. into a money order. But you could create a money order on a piece of paper, and it's, it's supposedly acceptable. They gave him. They gave him that, and they sent the original to the uh, chief executive officer. But they couldn't figure out how to get. They wanted cash, and he kept explaining to them that they wasn't going to get cash, and he even wrote. Um, at the bottom, you know, how they're supposed to do it or whatever. And they still didn't, but they ended up filing. When they asked him to bring the vehicles back for the third time and he didn't is when they filed charges for fraud. And they filed fraud, fraud charges on the money order. Yeah, well, the money order is anyone can do a money order. Anybody. You don't have to be a bank. You have to be anyone can do a money order under the uh, negotiable instrument law. Article 3 of the UCC. Anyone can do a money order. And again, okay. after you write the amount, or the, amount or the amount on the money order, you're supposed to say account number and put your social after that. But down in the lower left-hand corner where it says memo, you're supposed to put down exemption ID. I'm exempt from paying it and put your social without the dashes. I'm just saying, there's uh-huh. some things that... And then when he endorsed it, he should have had down there one dash three oh eight, meaning I'm not giving up any of my rights. Okay, he has, I'm, I'm actually looking for that one because it, it has something on the back of it where he signed, and it has some writing, and I just had it in my face. 
So well, I'm trying to see what's going on. It says um, special deposit EFT only without recourse. Um, something I can't read that part. Then it has his name, but it has the UCC three dash four one five UCC one dash three. Oh six, I guess that's what that is. Three oh eight. Three oh eight. Well why he put it on the back? Is that where okay. he signed it at? Did he sign it on the yes, back? Sir. He signed it on the back. He signed it did on the put, back. Did he put it above well, his name? Uh he put it right next to his name. It, it he put, put it stuff above his name, he put that special deposit EFT only. Yeah. Without and, so like and then next to his name he put the UCC. Yeah, he sounded like he was using things that Gene Keating is talking about, special deposit. Uh, and then he said, and he he signed it with three oh eight and a five oh and a uh three uh four one five without recourse. They shouldn't even been holding him because he's a secondary he's a secondary uh signature. He's not liable. Not if you put those numbers in the right place, right above the name. He's not liable. Yeah, because I have um. And the one that I'm yeah. holding, this is a copy, but it has his original, original, original signature on it. And uh, he yeah. made it out to he made it out to the United States uh, Treasury and the uh, company that he got the vehicles from. No, well, he couldn't. I hope he didn't say pay to the order of the United States Treasury. You did that on the back. Yes, he did no. that on the front. You, on the front, okay, that, that on the front, but it's supposed to go to the dealership. Not to them. Whoever yeah. you get the invoice bill to, it should have their name on the front. And it says we yeah, need both. Well, both. That's the Treasury and them. Yeah, well, but on the back, he just put his signature and, and the recourse stuff on there. So yeah. maybe he didn't understand everything he was supposed to be doing. And that may be it. He if they they could arrest him for impersonating a creditor when he's not. He's a U.S. citizen, <laughs> according to them. He gave his name. Someone he gave his name. That's they wouldn't they yeah. wouldn't even have a and once you give your name, you become a two dimensional. So you can whatever you say after that, it don't matter. You are a child. And they don't have to listen to children. Period. Mm-hmm. If he had got him a, a, a an appointed attorney, they should appoint him an attorney, then it's called a letter of rogue rog, rog, oh god. Uh rogue rog, rog, rogatory. Rogatory. Yeah, letter letter rogatory rogatory is where you tell the appointed attorney what to do. So, you you know, you tell him, I want him him to dismiss the case. So you had to give him a letter rogatory where if you got a, because you have to get appointed an attorney. Reason being, uh, the attorney works for Did he give it to him? He And made copies to the uh, prosecutor and to the judge. Because if he don't do what what he tells them to do, if that attorney don't do it, then his own people is going to prosecute uh, his attorney. Oh, wow. Yeah, on the front of it, he did put that on there. He got director, executor, beneficiary, grantor, and then it has his name with the UCC 415, UCC 1-308, and then after his signature, he has it again, executor, beneficiary, grantor. Yeah. Well, again, all he was supposed to do is that letter rogatory is telling the judge it's it's when one foreign country is telling another foreign country what to do. One foreigner is telling uh-huh. another foreigner. 
And they're all so corners. So where do you get this letter of regulatory from? You got to write it up. You can go online and type it in Google and get images of it or go to Scribe. Yeah, Gene Keating talks about it. All it is is just a letter that you tell him what you want to do. Dismiss this case. That's all you need to tell him to do. You don't have to be all okay. detailed about it. All it should be in the first paragraph. But the point is, he's supposed to do what you tell him to do, and he's foreign, and, but he's in the same club as the prosecutor and the judge because they all took oath of office. So if you are different. You can't go in there. So what? Then when they appoint you somebody, and that's why they call it public defender, he dealing with the public and he defending you, then you tell him, you work for me, I need you to dismiss this case, pay it off, use the birth certificate. Okay. You know, go get, go yeah. get, he should have got, he should have got those scaling the cars back and did it again another time. You know how they say, you know, if you could give them what they want, that you could walk away so that you can come back and do it again. Cause that is, it, you see what, what he's going through and other people out there enjoying what he did. That's, that's really, that's really pathetic. folks. I hope folks are listening to this. This is a very good call. Uh, when you yeah. do things, you know, do it for yourself. People don't be, you know, I get all with my mama and my dad, well then you learn it. And then you show them after they can see what you have done. Don't be trying to do things that you haven't did, did it for yourself. Do it for yourself first. Then you go to them. So anyway, we right. got other cards here. I know we do. So thank and we you. got on Okay, thank All you. Right, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you Marilyn. All right. And you're welcome, sir. Uh two four eight three one eight. Two four eight three one eight. Yeah, how you doing, Beverly? Great, great. Well, my name is. Well, my name is. I'm not right, Marvin. Uh, I was listening to your call, and I know that form that you was talking about, that request for authenticating your service, that that form number was uh, DS dash forty one ninety four. There you go, forty one ninety four. Thank you, folks. That's yeah, what you have to you have to send that in with the with the uh, copy uh, with the original. Uh, Secretary of State, the state. Uh, Secretary yeah. State, yeah, and that, yeah. and that's eight dollars. So that that'd be eight dollars that you a money order for eight dollars. And right. also, I got I got the address that they need to send it to. They don't send that well, to Washington it's on, D.C. It's on, it's on the form. It's on the form itself, though. So they when they get the form, they'll read the, it'll tell you the address to send it to. So we have well, to I got. Okay, well, okay then. Well, that's good enough. Well, all right, I just want to call and let you know. Yeah, well, you were telling me, and we didn't change the subject about how it's difficult to get to 98 Corporation, and why why you think that's happening? Because you got a lot of people that's calling in, cussing those people out on the other end, for one thing, and and they don't know what to say because a lot of them, when they say, are you a U.S. citizen, if they say yes, then they, they won't even talk to you. And sometimes you, you got to call them early in the morning or either after 11 o'clock. Uh, not not after 11, before uh, 11 o'clock, about 9 o'clock, because that's when they change shifts of personnel. And if, so they, you if, say- if they and if they don't get get a good response, they can always hang up. And if they ask for you, well, your, uh, your SS4 form that you got filled out, can you fax that in to me? You always tell them 
you tell him, yeah, you'll do it, but don't do it because you're supposed to have that SS4 form in front of you before you even call those people to try to get that 98 number. And then if you don't understand what they're talking about on the form, just stop and say, well, what number are you on this application? So you understand what, what they're asking, and they got guidelines that they got to follow. Because I think you requested that before. I think it's 21.7.13 or something like that. Yeah, point, yeah, point three, point two, number two. Yeah, for that, yeah, well, that's yeah, the definition. Like that. Yeah, they need, they need to read that before it even call in to get an understanding of what's what so yeah, they can put them you, internal revenue agents in their place when they get outside of that guideline. Yeah, but that, again, they try to they kind of shift they try to shift away from the SS four and are you excuse me what number are you talking about I don't see it on this form I'm looking at and that's how you deal with them I have people who've been who went through that and after that they quit and they gave her the number you know because they're like we let's quit we can't seem to get her sidetracked and that's what they're trying to do folks people keep focused yeah. have that yeah. SS four in front of you. And I personally well, want—I like to see you get the corporation and the trust. Ninety-eight. Well, I'm a—I'm a yield and let somebody else get on the line. So you know, I just want to put that in there so you have that form number. So that's what Thank the form you. is. That, All right, Marsha. All right, sir. Okay. Thank, you. Thank you, caller. All right, welcome. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead, Marsha. No more calls. Okay. Well, well what I, was... off. I guess we took too long. But somebody <laughs> has a question. Uh, let me see. What are some of the alternatives to registering the name in publication? Is it is there yeah. something else they can do besides registering the name in the legal news? Well, um, I don't know. The only other place I would say is probably register these down there if they were, if they accept it. It's not real estate, you know. I, I I'm not really sure how you asking it. You public means that somebody can read it and they can object to it, and if they don't object to it, then it's good as gold. I, the newspaper they put your share sale on your on your house when they have a share sale. They put your house in that same paper. And it's up to you. You can you can argue it when it when it gets publicized. You don't own the title. How you get access to the title? And that might help help you keep your house if you argue that they put it in the paper so you can argue the point. If you don't argue it in any way or put anything in in response to it, then they assume that whatever's in the paper is good. Good is good and correct. It's it's hard to say what other places. I mean. There are other websites that you can go to to put stuff in, but the question is, those websites are not accessible that easily. And I say that because I personally, when you put my name, you type my name in Google, um, it came up showing that I was a state resident. They had one of the websites was a state resident where you can go to it and actually become a state national or an American national or get you a, a national international passport if you just click on that one site they they took it off 
It's been taken off. I can still access it, but they have it where you just you can't even type it in right and and get to that site anymore. They they, they make it so difficult for people to do what I'm telling you all to do, folks. That if you keep procrastinating and don't do it, you pretty soon you won't be able to get to it. They can't remove it, but you can't get to it. So the fact that I had that and I could have asked anyone to type in my name and a judge and hit enter and that would have came up, scroll down, click on there. You'll see that I'm American National. I'm a state resident of the Republic or that I am not a U.S. citizen. Well, that's been removed. So I know they're listening. Y'all, yes, y'all can listen. I don't have a problem. Call in. If you're going to listen and do stuff... Call in and say, oh, Mr. Rice, you're going to jail. This is a, I don't, let me know. Let me know. Because every time I, I get phone calls and I answer it, this is the office of Mr. Rice. You keep hanging up on me. Stop hanging up on me. Tell me your problem. Let us talk about it. Answer your phone. This is the office of Mr. Rice. Oh, well, can I speak to Mr. Rice? The person Go in ahead. the chat room said that what that why they asking this is that some places people have tried to do it and they won't place a A and C notification. I I don't know where they go. I know Michigan Detroit Legal News is over the whole state of Michigan. I don't know anyone else that would do it. And I don't all you gotta do, the lady gave me an email. All you gotta do is type it up, email it to her. She won't even change it. She will call you back and tell you how much it costs, and you pay her with your credit card. But and I think that a- every, I think every state has a legal news. So I assume they do. Yeah. So look for the legal it, news. Well, it's not so much the legal news. Look for the paper that they put the share sale when they selling people houses. Everybody looks at that, so that's the paper you use. The same one at the share sale where the home is in, that is the one you use. And that's usually the legal news. It's some kind of legal news. But I, I didn't realize Detroit legal news is all over the all over every county. It, it's everywhere in Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And uh, her name, uh, what was her, her name? Ann. I believe her name is Ann. I knew her name. She just say. I won't even change it. She don't even want to edit it because she don't know if she's going to edit right. So you, whatever you type and you email it to her, she will call you back and tell you how much it is, adding up the letters and the words or whatever they add up, and tell you how much it costs. You pay it over your debit card, credit card, and it is in the paper probably close to uh, the, day, the day after, if not the next day. So I don't know what and how, and how long. How long is it supposed to stay in there? Advertise three times. It's advertised three times, so usually two weeks. The first day you did it, the next following week, and then the uh, it's the second time it's put in there, and then the last day of it is put in there three times, so that's two weeks that is on there. It's shown three times. It's not like on all three all the time. It's only, only mm-hmm. on there three consecutive times uh, in a, in a two-week period. And they'll give you an affidavit too, won't they? Affidavit of publication. That's them saying nobody question it. Nobody question it. 
And then usually with the person, the uh, with the with the um, chat room person is talking about. Usually when you put the, in publication, you put all of it in there. You don't just only put your A and C. You put your that you authenticated your birth certificate and your A and C. You put everything in there, right? Yeah, but remember how you wording it. I was I wording it. My registered birth certificate, my registered birth record, my registered assumed name, my registered non-UCC. You don't have to be putting all that other information in or that's on there. Everything is underneath the registration. Everything is under your registration that you registered. Everything is under it. All the numbers, all the codes on the affidavit. You don't need to put that whole stuff in there and pay an arm and a leg. Just say registered birth certificate, registered uh, assumed name, registered birth record, registered non-UCC. That's all you have to say. It's registered. But y'all, if y'all register it, boom. Well, what are you saying? Authenticated. But well, authentication have, is still at the state level. We have another caller. Uh, okay. Three three zero two five six. Three three zero. Hello, greetings, everyone. Hi, my name is Perry. Greetings. I'm calling from Ohio, and I was okay. researching what Myron has said the last couple of weeks about the uh, filing your taxes. How uh, we're supposed to have been wages and tips. Were you supposed to change that to labor? Uh, mm-hmm. Will you receive back your whole check that you uh, your earnings for that whole year? Is that how that goes? Hey, it says to gross. If you look up that law I just gave you, it says anything uh, uh, anything other than the gross is considered wages, and that means it's a tip. Your gross is what you're going to have all year, right? Correct. Correct. I just want, nope. I want to make sure because that really sounds very good. Uh, I can't believe everybody's not doing that. Um, I'm definitely going to follow your directions and do that. Well, again, most people depend on tax agents, and I swear the agents don't know either. They don't know. They don't know because they they work for they, they're certified with the IRS, and the IRS says you the object is you is for you to make money for it, not make us spend money and get money back. That's the that's the objective. They're putting on line one on your ten forty. Well, wait a minute, wages tips is not the same. It should be zero. I worked, I assume when you got a W-2, you punched the clock in and you had blood, sweat, and tears that you was putting into the job. That is labor. Labor is not taxable. But if you put it on line one, what follows it? Exemptions, deductions, and all that other stuff. Why? Because the difference between the gross and the net, do anyone ask where that money goes? I mean, everyone is trying to get down to a lower tax bracket. With those exemptions, and well, what where's that money going? In thin air, or is it going to the IRS? I assume it's going to the IRS because that's the form they're going. They're going to them. So the difference between your gross and your net, because you try to get down where those funds are going. Maybe they want you to keep sending them that funds, those money, and then you wind up owing on top of that. Ain't that a trip? How much money do they yeah. want to get out of you? Well, thank you very much. I wanted to get a crystal clear, understanding.
process because uh, I'm going to do that. I, I mean, if I could get all my, my gross income back, that would be gravy. That would be great. Look, look, look at your W-2C. Look at the W-2C. It will have wages, comma, tips, comma, other compensation. And box number one. If they put wages and income, wages and tips in the same box, that usually means they're the same thing, don't it? Yes. Okay, then. Was your job giving you that W-2 said we gave you a tip? Is that nope, what they were reporting? No. You paid yourself. They got it from your estate. And they had to tell the IRS what they took out. Otherwise, they would have to pay the taxes. So they have to give you the W-2 so you can file it under your taxable. But you're not filing it. We haven't been filing it properly. We're giving them stuff. And then we're signing it saying, oh, everything is true and correct. No, it is not. They've been committing fraud on us all these years. Now let them come up and say, oh, you're doing it wrong. Well, what am I doing wrong? What form are you filling out? First of all, I'm not supposed to be doing a 1040. I don't work for the government. I should be doing a 1041. Why are your people doing And if you ask these tax agents here in Detroit, what is a 1041? They don't know what you're talking about. So you've been committing fraud from day one. And a W-2, like IRS, could you please look at your Section 2 on your Internal Revenue Manual 6902 and look at... Uh, yeah, is it, no, 6209. Look in your manual, the Internal Revenue Manual, 6209, Section 2. A W-2 is a tax class 5. A 1040 is a tax class 2. Now, I got a 6-year-old niece, and she can tell you there's a difference, you know, uncle, for between a 2 and a, and a, a 5. There's, those are not the same numbers. So why are they filing this wrong tax form? A 709 is a tax class 5. So that's the minimum, because the 1041 is a tax class two as well. However, at least it says interest, uh, estate, and trust. And if you look at 26 USC 1, you will get the tax rate of a estate and trust. Anything over $7,500, they take out $2,125 compared to all those other ones, you know, married, single, Separated head of household, where they're up to like seventy five thousand and seventy nine thousand, but an estate and trust two thousand one hundred and twenty five dollars is taken out of your gross. Ain't that a trip? And you wonder why those wow. other people filing trusts? Look at twenty six USC one. Look at it. Don't just believe me. Bring it up if you're in front of a computer. Twenty six USC one. And look at the tax rates. You know, well, anybody look, out here? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm going to look that up. I'm not uh, at my house right now, but I will look that up because I'm planning on, I mean, if I can get my whole check back, that would be, that would be great. And that's what yeah. I'm looking to do. Well, the 1041, they might take $2,125 out of it, but who? Well, I, I think I can afford that. I don't see. That's yep. a tip. <laughs> That's a tip. Yeah. I don't know about that tip. 
Yes, it is. <laughs> but thank you, yeah. Myron. Thank you, Beverly D. Thank you guys so much for taking my call. I appreciate you guys. I listen to you as much as I can. And it's been great talking to you. Yeah. Sorry thank we got on late. Yeah, thank you for hanging in there. We got a little bit late. But tell your people, tell your friends. I'm I'm only talking about what the law is. I'm not making it up. We have another caller. Go ahead, caller. Three one three one three five seven one. Three one three. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, we can. Yeah, this is Ken and East Point. It's been a minute since we've uh, talked on the phone. But uh, anyway, my question is this. I, uh, for the last uh, two years, I've been trying to find someone to fill out that 1041. And, uh, you know, it's a problem. <laughs> you know, they give yeah. you a maximum, you know, and that's, you know, I just want to let folks know that's going to be your biggest hurdle there is finding someone that is, uh, you know, knowledgeable about the form and willing to fill out that form. That okay, is well, amazing, you, form, you know? Yeah. And I yeah, really well, need then, to guide me and direct me on that because I'm falling behind in my taxes because I can't find no one to uh, tackle the situation. Again, okay, Ken, this is what I would personally do. I show the tax individual, anyone, anyone that does it, I show him where the IRS points out that, that you are a child is defined as a decedent of an estate, and therefore it should be filling out an estate form. That's number one, and I told you that's at twenty. That's at twenty-seven point three. No, I'm sorry, twenty-seven point twenty-one point seven point thirteen point three point two point two number two again twenty-one point seven point thirteen point three. Point two, point two, number two. Definition right. of infant. An infant mm-hmm. is an decedent of an estate. Why are you following? Then you go to the go to the Internal Revenue Manual. That's not the Internal Revenue Service, people. There's a difference between Internal Revenue Service and Internal Revenue. The Internal Revenue right. Manual is on the de jure side. Internal uh, the Internal Revenue Service is just a third party debt collector. Are working on the IMF side, the debtor side, those bankers. And the W2 is tax class five. I give them all that information, and they want my articles of uh, trust and all of that. And we don't have no articles of trust and all that kind of stuff because it's all really within your birth certificate. Well, article of trust. Well, when you create a trust, and you should be filing under a trust anyway. Don't file it under your name. File it under create a trust. File it under the trust. Uh, the uh, the article of trust. All you're doing is telling the trustee what to do. You know that that that's not that difficult. You got trustee. You just tell them what to do. Not that they're gonna be doing anything because this is just something you just set up. Uh, and I call it a tax trust. Just make this a tax trust, and you just saying that you're gonna be filing your taxes under this trust. But you go under the trust, you're gonna state the social and and children and wife and everybody gonna be filing under that trust. It don't matter. But the point is being that um, the uh, twenty the twenty uh, manual twenty six oh nine section two and all that. It, yes, the W two is a five. Someone need to do a seven oh nine. But let but let me tell you this. Let them after you tell this individual and he don't want to do. 
Let him file it the way he wants to file it. And then after he files it and you sign it, then you take him to small claims court saying he's committed fraud because he wouldn't obey the laws of the IRS. Because that's what you're giving him. You're giving him IRS law. Now, if he doesn't obey it, he's committing fraud. Now, if we do that with enough of these people, I bet you they'd be starting to learn how to do a, a 1041 or a 709. Small claims court, $6,000 here in Michigan. I don't know, you're in Michigan, 313, $6,000 small claims court. That's a nice plus. And still take it, and you could change it and find somebody else. If you got enough money to go out in the suburbs, go to Bloomfield. I bet you they know about 709s. Don't go in there. Don't be asking these Detroit people. They don't know. I mean, come on. You don't even know anyone in your block that has a trust, period. Should I, should I just go and see a tax attorney? If he understands what you're showing him, yeah, he probably he, he let him know. Because sometimes, they, like anybody else, they don't know either. But the point is, whoever you have do it, you could take them to small claims court because you show them the laws. And they didn't obey the law. They did it their own way on a 1040, putting your W-2 on line one. Excuse me. you going. I'm going to collect from you. I bet you won't do it next year. They may quit filing taxes after that. I don't care. You had no business doing it in the first place. If I call so IRS, if I call IRS, could they give me um, lead way or point me in the right direction of someone within the area that fill out since they request uh, with that uh, uh, number, you know, um, uh, EIN number, mm-hmm. they request that we use a 1041, they should be able to direct me. Exactly. That's why I said do a trust, and that's what it says on that form, the CP575. They tell okay. you, you have to file a 1041. Now, you give that to that tax guy, he better not sit there and say, I don't know what you're talking Then you take up some classes, sir. Call the IRS and get certified to file a 1041 because that's what that's the only document I can file. Yeah, it's sitting I, I right think there. I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you. I think, I think what I'm missing, I need to set up that trust that you're talking about. Um, yeah. No, I, 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 it's my Probably. first time hearing about that process. But yeah. uh, use, I need, use your initials and call it, use your initials and say tax trust. Boom, that's it. You know? It's, it's for taxes, because you both have several trusts set up, but this one is going to be for filing my taxes with. Okay. Hmm. And once you get that EIN number. That's the one that he set up at the bank, right? And he had them to tr- put the funds in that account. No, I would I would get another no. business for that. I would use a business for mm-hmm. that. I want to say one doing one doing taxes, one doing business, one doing real estate. You know, just set it up on how it's used. Set up a business and and open okay. it up as a non-interest bearing account. So if you get any private funds like OIDs, whatever, you have it put in that non-interest bearing account. Then you go to the bank and ask for an escrow account and deposit what you want in that escrow account and get a line of credit against it and get checked. Nah, now you. I have a Treasury Direct account that I established already. Now, that did is you, used for totally different. Did you, 
Yeah, no, that no, you need the treasury direct. That's where you have a deposit to. But did you link it to a commercial financial institution? No, I just created it online. It, uh, you know, they give you an account number and everything right there online. Yeah, did you get? Did you activate it with a five four four four? No, I haven't. Well, when you use it, they're gonna shut you down. I'm gonna let you know. Go look at the treasury reg five four four four. It's an activation of that account. But you, okay. but you need to go and open up a non-interest bearing account at your bank. So you need to go down into a ANC, go down to the county and get a, a assumed name where it's registered with the state or the county, and then take it to the bank. And they see that is not uh, for money laundering that is registered in the state or the county, and they will open up you a non-interest bearing account and make sure your bank has a medallion seal person. If you don't have a medallion seal person, don't even you need to find another bank. Yeah, yeah. See all of those steps. Do you have something laid out, Myron, that shows the different steps? You know, because no. it, it sounds no, confusing. It, you know? Yeah, it, it keeps changing. Okay. You know. What, what I say today may not be the same tomorrow, but the, ba- the basic thing is you have to see it in your head. You got this recording. Play it back over and over and over till you learn it, till you see it in your head. That's why I talk fast because I want to get it all in, but play it back. You're not, you're not going to remember what I said five minutes after I hang, you hang up. Yeah. Go to uh, Beverly. She'll give you the website to go and download it. Beverly, you want to get a website? Blogtalkradio.com forward slash truth and the number two and the word power. Truth to power. And you okay. can put in yeah. Myron's Rice or you can put it and put Myron Rice name in or either just when you go to the page, all the old shows are there, the archives. And just look for his name. Okay. Okay. Got one okay. more quick question. On your 9-8, yes. uh, I want to open up a LLC and link it to my 9-8 uh, because I want to do some real no, estate. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, if you're going to 9-8 trust, a trust does not do any commerce. You need to look at that section I gave you on a uh, on an infant. You can't do commercial when you tax exempt. A 98 is tax exempt. That means you can't do commerce. Look at a 98 trust just like you look at your garage and behind your house. It's separated from the world. It's its own. It holds cars and motorcycles and bicycles. It's just for holding things. It is not supposed to be linked to any commercialism because someone can sue you and take everything out of that car, out of that garage. They know okay. what's in it. So you okay. so you uh, recommend that a person buy a house, fix it or whatever, if they want to rent it. Uh, how, how should that be just a separate truck, uh, separate LLC, not even linked to your nine uh, eight at all? That way, no. When you no go ahead. What you what you need the nine eight for? What the LLC need the ninety eight for? What do I don't understand? What does the LLC need the ninety eight for? What does the business need the ninety eight for? Well, you could just transfer it to another trust. Is the 98 buying a house or something? No, it's not going to buy the house. Like you say, it's for holding. It's well, for holding. Uh, LLC is a commercial. It's a, a limited liability company. It's a company that's doing commerce. It's for commerce. 
So now they right. can't commerce unless you got a trust. I mean, a corporation like I have, but I don't okay. commerce. I just, I just buy it in that name. I pay cash for it and I put it in that name. You know, so and they know it's yours. Then you can put it in your documentation for your trust, and in case something happens to whatever that uh, particular house is in trust, and your kids get it correct. Yeah, if it's in trust, they won't even know where the house is. You don't file it down at the Register of Deeds. Never file it. Michigan right. has a form 2766, MI-2766, where you talk about the transfer of the property, but you do not have to record it. If they don't record it, they don't know where it is. How are they going to send taxes to it? MI-2766? Yes. Okay, thank it. you. Okay, it tells you all property that's been transferred must be reported to the assessor's office within 45 days, or you're going to have to pay a $200 penalty. But nobody knows about that because nobody has transferred their house. They never transferred their house. That's why they can foreclose on your homes, people. You do not have a public record showing your house has been transferred to you. The only way okay. to do it is you have to put an affidavit on the warranty deed and put it as a grant deed. You're creating an affidavit of grant deed, fee simple, in your name because nobody can go down to the register of deeds and say, show me the property that I own where my signature is on the bottom of the page. Please, here's the address. Can you show me any documentation saying that I own that property? Here's the address with my signature at the bottom. Because the warranty deed has the what? The seller's signature. It don't have yours. It has the seller. Your name is typed at the top. So you don't own that house. Okay. Gotcha. And anyone who comes after the house and there's no record of you owning it, you didn't previously own it, that show that you own it, then they could come get it. That's why they could foreclose on you people because you never publicly shown that you own a home. He who's first in line, first in time, owns the home, and nobody can come after that and get it. So, so you don't have any evidence. So this MI-2766 explains all of that, correct? Or is that the no, form I, itself? It's just a form itself that said that you transferring the property to, to the, uh, and you're letting the register D, after you transfer it to yourself with the affidavit on the warranty deed, then you're going to uh-huh. transfer it over to a trust. You're going to put it into a domestic trust, not the 98, a domestic trust, which is going to be private. And okay. you're going to have, you're going to have a lease agreement with the trust and yourself because you're going to be living in a house where you want to show, you're going to file that you're leasing it now and you mm-hmm. sold it to them for 21 pieces of gold. So okay. 21 under the Seventh Amendment, put down the Seventh Amendment. Anything over $20 has to go to a common law judge and a common law jury. And they're not common law. They can't go, they're not real. Common law is for the real people. So they can't even take you to court. But the point mm-hmm. is that you transfer it to a, a trust, you sign a letter of confidentiality, and you're not going right. to tell them what the name of the trust. All they see is the trustee name which they not be a family member or a friend, but someone arbitrarily just working for you. Okay. And the name is... Now, when you, say, when, when you say that 21 silver or, or 21 gold, he really do have to go get 21 pieces 
of no. silver or gold? I will no. go to I go get a sheet of paper, go to the post office, get twenty one stamps. Every stamp is backed okay. by gold. Boom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so ain't no big deal. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. So so what is the nine eight really for then? Just just holding no, just holding. Just holding. Okay. Holding. The ninety eight okay. is just a garage. What do your garage do? You you use it to what? Protect your vehicles. It's not in the weather. It's it's in storage. It's locked up and protected. That's what you're trying to do with a ninety eight okay. truck. Okay. So that the so, so the domestic trust can be linked to the nine eight for like my kids in case something happened to me. Or no. Well, the ninety eight is where you transfer something into it. You know, again right. you sold it you sold it for twenty one pieces, it's going to the ninety eight, I mean to the uh domestic trust that you right. created. But then the right. domestic use what's called irrevocable power of attorney where it's transferring right. that into your ninety eight trust. Gotcha. Okay. Irrevocable power of attorney. That's like what you sign with an attorney in court, you know, an irrevocable right. power of attorney. What exactly. goes in cannot go out unless the trustee pulls it out. Whoever exactly. puts it in can't go out. But see you right. start your you really want to protect your children and this is something we better start incorporating in our children. This is what how those other generations control their children, uh, that the trust buys the house and the car and everything that these kids have. So if they decide they want to get out, and actually their checks that they get should be deposited into a trust account, not into their own account. They get allowances. They get allowances. You're getting allowance like you used to get when you was a kid. Now, if they want to get froggy and become the prodigal son, well, you know, just take everything off, leave the car here, get out the house, and go and do your own thing because we own the stuff. How do you think they control their children? They don't get, and when they leave, they don't get nothing. They leave with nothing. They will come back home. I guarantee you they will come back home. Control them with the trust. The trust buys it. If someone gets a car, it gets transferred into the trust, but the, you still make payments. Now, we could show you uh, 10 different ways how to pay off a car. You know, so you get the car paid off and own it, and boom. Now you own the title, so you can transfer it to the trust. You know what I'm just saying? You could do that for mm-hmm. a house. You could do all of that. A money order, a, po- a postal. Look at uh, Charles Booker. He tell you how to use a postal money order, Charles Booker. He has a book here. Let me show you the name of the book. It's Chain to the Sky. Chain to the Sky. $21 at Amazon. Chain to the Sky. Charles Booker. Basically, very good book. He has a very good way of how to do You could do a money order on a piece of paper, but he used postal money orders. $21 is probably the most you might get, and that is just to pay off any debt that's out there. Because remember, everything in Federal Reserve notes is not worth the paper it's printed on. There's no money back in it. So they can't sit there and say, oh, we're not going to take this. But the point is being that once you got these discharged, you keep it in the trust. Kennedy, remember what the one Ted, I think, was in a car accident with a woman, and later on she tried, he was walking the beach with his dog, and she said, I'm going to sue you. He said, lady, I don't own nothing but this dog. So she took his dog and left. That is it. The risk, they don't own nothing. It's in their trust. And the trust is okay. not paying big time taxes. 
Right. It's not. Right. If a 709, if you make under $330,000, they got a tax credit for three hundred thirty. If you make under $330,000, you get everything back. Anything under $330,000, you will get back. Your tax don't start till you get up over $330,000 for the 709. But it's not in our community. How many people can say they got they made $330,000. Not many. Not many. So you probably have to go out somewhere where you see people that got two or $3 million homes and see what kind of tax. You think they filed a 1040? Be real. <laughs> so please, folks. Be, you think their house is registered at the register of deeds? Be real. Then they know people know what they own. Y'all not thinking. Think about it. What I'm saying. People who have stuff don't. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they got. You know, people always asking that question, and it's I I I might say it's silly, but it's not a silly. But you know, uh, Mr. Wright, have anyone done that? You know that I get that. Oh, have anyone done that? Have well, excuse me. I only got one question I ask you, and if you answer it, I tell you who done it. We had an election. All you all went out there and voted on the public side, public vote. Trump didn't win on the public vote. He won on what? The electoral voters. He took the, In other words, the electoral voters told those public voters, kiss my behind. I don't care what you want. We're going to put this man in. Now, my question is, do anyone out there can give me a name of electoral voter? Nope. Then I can give you an answer. That's what I'm saying. You you don't know a name of someone who made a president, and you sitting there arguing about if this process been done, and you don't know the name of this person. Don't get silly. You're getting silly, people. There's a lot of stuff you don't know, and if you don't know, don't mean it doesn't exist. We know electoral voters exist, but you can't name them. Who are they? Where are they? You don't know. I do. I got a list, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank so, you, uh, Beth and uh, Myra. Thank you. All right. All right. Thank you. Thanks, too. Uh, I know it's time short. I, I really need to talk about this one item on bonds. Okay, insurances. People, um, I went to it Wednesday. We had a meeting Thursday, and you need to write this down. Surety bonds uh, direct. Surety Bonds Direct. We went on there and we looked at uh, car insurance. For Let's say car. A bond is insurance, people. A bond is insurance. We went on that site. I just gave you Surety Bonds Direct. We put in $20,000, being insured up to $20,000. Now, you look on your insurance policy and see what you uh, your car is being insured for, and then go online and look at it. But for twenty thousand dollars insurance, you pay three hundred and I think three hundred ten dollars for three years. Now listen to me again. For twenty thousand dollars insurance bond, you pay three hundred and twenty. I think three hundred and ten dollars. For three years, 
I got people who's paying a thousand dollars every six months. Come on, what are you paying for insurance, is, folks? Is that, in, is that including? Is that including collision and all of that other stuff? No, it, it basically insurance because we got no fault. Your car take care of you. It's dealing with property, uh, personal uh, uh, injuries. But who's to say you can't create another one? You know, you can yeah, have. A, you mean, have. What happened, if your, what happened if your car get in an accident? And um, and I just want to let the people know that in five minutes we go on. You got cut off. But anyway, I don't but know. You can, but you can, hold on, hold on, Myron. But you can okay. listen on the phone, and the phone is three two three six four two one five eight six. And so, uh, but and we also have another caller. But what I was asking was, what what happened if you get in an accident? Do, will it repair your car, or, or just only if you get injured? Well, it's, it, it, I know it deals with injuries, and that's what we're looking at. Because look at your insurance policy, and what does it say? Does it have one for collision? And if it has one for uh, bodily harm, then whatever it is, right. total up and, and make the bond for that. Whatever you got on there, just make the bond, create a bond for that cause. Now, we went to a $40,000 bond, and it cost $375 for three years. And so I'm just saying, people, quit listening to the general and the lizard and paying a thousand dollars, and that's really on the low side every six months. And look at creating a bond. I mean, come on, think about it. Everyone out there, every public official is bonded. A notary pays uh, what fifty-six dollars for a ten thousand dollar bond. So if there's some damage being done. You'll get ten thousand. We can file against their bonds and get paid if we get damaged. So I'm just saying, maybe we need to refocus ourselves and quit looking at the public side of insurance and go to the private side of insurance. Because they're probably doing the private side to support the public side. So whoever paying a thousand dollars every six months for insurance, I guarantee that there's a bond that's probably paying three years. With a lot less, lot less, lot less more money. So go to that yeah. site, put in your inputs and stuff, you know, or what you want, and look at your insurance policy. Have your title with you because you're going to have to give, put your vehicle and number in there and all that other stuff. But we did two of them, two different prices, two different cars. And one car was brand new. Jazz's car was brand new. He wanted $40,000, $375,000. For three years, so uh, and a lot of the insurance company is asking you to put that down, a down, just a, a down payment. Yeah, you you only being shooting, you've been shooting every year. Now they want it every six months. Uh, I mean, yeah, you want to keep. I have been showing you how to save money. Go to the site, come back next week, and tell me the results that you received. Tell me the results. That's what this is about. Let let everyone know. Okay, yeah, I went there because I'm pretty sure once enough people they listen to me, they probably running over to those folks now trying to make it more difficult for you to get it. So don't keep procrastinating, folks. Surety bonds direct. Okay. All right. Let's go to this other call. Okay. Um, 
area code 216415. Uh, greetings, greetings. Um, greetings. Great show, uh, Myron, uh, Beverly. Um, I wanted to ask you if you could touch on that uh, insurance part about um, if someone that it's not good to refinance a house uh, when you want to go into that insurance, uh, um, that insurance law, uh, I believe it was 12 U.S.C. 1791 or something like that. 1791. Oh, it, a mortgage. Okay, we were talking about insurances. I was going to talk about that. 1291. Okay, we were talking about and I pull it up because I was going to talk about that. Chapter 11 guidelines. Go to the Department of Justice and type in a Chapter 11 guideline. And it gives you the operating guidelines and reporting requirements of the United States trustees. These are trustees. They are bankrupt. They are Chapter 11, and they call them debtors in possession. And if you go through, <clears throat> they tell you how they have to open up a debtors in possession account. Uh, that they got to report it to the U.S. trustee. The U.S. United States trustee is over the bankruptcy of those uh, uh, public officials. So they, the, mm-hmm. so from the public official to the bankruptcy court and the U.S. bankrupt court and then the U.S. trustee, and from there go to the Department of Justice. That is the flow chart of how things are settled. So if you want to file a complaint, you, that's, that's how you would go. Hold on a minute. I can't get my mouse. I'm trying to scroll down uh, and get to the place where I wanted to. Where's my mouse here? Hold on a minute, folks. Okay, there it is. Okay. Under that, debtors, under that uh, Chapter 11 guideline, there's a section that says, uh, uh, bank account money of the estate. Bank accounts money of the estate. So that's about you. There are four things, three things that they must have. Number one, deposits that are fully insured by the FDIC or the National Credit Union Association. So they have the FDIC. We are familiar. So every account must have that insurance on it. Every deposit must be fully insured by the FDIC. So your bank is insured. So in the next number two, investments in the U.S. Treasury security. So all investments is part of the U.S. Treasury security. Number three, this is the one I like. Deposits and investments with an entity that has posted a surety bond in favor of the United States or pledged securities of the of the kind specified in 31 U.S.C. 3903, which 3903 deals with uh, every all goods have certificate of titles, to secure the funds invested or on deposit. They have these on, they are deposited in their trust. Remember, they're debtors in possession. What are they in possession of? They possess your titles. Some of them got some 
assets is being possessed, that they're holding in a trust for every single account that you signed and gave your social for. So the question is That's where your beneficial interest come in at. Exactly. Exactly. Your benefit, you got a beneficial interest in there, and what do they give you for that beneficial interest? They give you a certificate of title that's on bonded paper. I don't know what this one guy said. This is birth certificate not on bonded paper. Your birth certificate not on bonded paper? Is your birth certificate on bonded paper? Okay. Uh, there was a noise. I guess we just went off the line. Okay, I don't understand how he could say that his is not on bonded paper. I, I don't think he's looking at it too well. He got the wrong piece of paper or whatever. But uh, that is that yeah. is how you should have been. That's what you should have been using when you got a ticket. Let's say you got a ticket in your vehicle. Well, you got a bonded certificate of title. Why didn't you take that in to the judge and say, here, use this bond to pay off this ticket? I endorse the back. I will endorse the back of the bond, and now you can pay off. You're a broker. Pay it off. That I mean, we don't we don't do that. We don't do that. We sit there and put that sucker in a in a file cabinet somewhere, nice green because it's so green and pretty and all that other stuff. Well, you know, we, we look- never was taught. We never was taught. So we learn it now. Yeah, I, but believe me, those other people. Who go to school after public school, they go to another school in their community, Arab, Jews, whatever, they're being taught about finances. And that's what we need to start doing. I hear a lot of shows, but they're not talking about finances. You know, pay off a bill, get a buy a car. You know, all you're doing is getting yourself more in debt. You know, this you know, if you're gonna get the car, don't you know, get it where you pay it off. It's being paid off in the beginning. You don't ever come out of your pocket. You can do that using your credit. Your credit. Mm. You don't. Have, you don't have to come out of your pocket. Your credit is just as good. If they want the credit, then you could do a borrow. You want the credit? I want a ten nine and borrow. I want to borrow. You can have the credit and spend it. And in the meanwhile, I get the car. Or I get the house. You could do a. a a barter situation. That's what 1099B means, barter. You, that's what people used to do before there was uh, any kind of money. They just borrow their talents. I'll cut your hair, you shine my shoes. You know what I'm saying? Women, I will sew your clothes, your pants, and hem them for you. And, you know, you you get the, your daughter's hair braided. Something, you know what I'm just saying? There was barter. Everyone used to barter before there was money. And it may get to that point again pretty soon if you ask me. Because the paper that this stuff is written on won't be really won't be around long. But I just wanted you to point out the beginning of all this is that they have to have FDIC, so the account is insured, and they have surety bonds. That because you pledged it, if you look up the definition of hypothecation, is where you pledged it to them. You pledged your security, which is your title of your property. Mm. They got the title to your property. And they give you a certificate of title card, with, and they call it a warranty deed, but you didn't even transfer that warranty deed to yourself. Okay. And uh, and transferring that warranty deed is through the uh, – would that be through transferring it to the trust? Or yes. Well, first you got to transfer it to yourself because the warranty deed is not in your – your signature is not on the bottom of it. So what do you need to do? Okay, we'll, we'll transfer it to yourself. Um, I'll make a, well, how would that go? I'm 
trying to figure that out. You um, go you go to the register of deeds, you ask for a certified copy of that warranty deed. What's the first thing you want to do? What's what you what are you trying to do? Oh, um get it authenticated? Yeah, but you gotta put something on top of it. You can't just authenticate what? What are you authenticating? You talking about the affidavit? Yes. You have to create an affidavit because okay. you you haven't signed nothing. You have to sign it, notarize it, and then get authenticated. And then you refile it back at the register of deeds. Now you have transferred the property in your name. Everyone must do that. Otherwise, you will be foreclosed on. They can foreclose okay. on you because you have no public record showing you have ownership of the property. There's nothing down at the register of deeds where your signature is on the bottom line showing that you own that address that you are living at. I guarantee you, go down to register mm-hmm. and ask, where's my signature on the bottom of this address? Nowhere. It's still in the name of the seller, the one you bought it from. And it's right there in your mortgage, section 18. It tells you, contract the deed at a future date of the purchase. Contract the deed. Transfer the deed. you got to transfer the title. Contract the deed, transfer the title. You contract the deed with the affidavit. You transfer the title to yourself by filing back at the register of deed. Now, once it's in your name, then you put it in, inside a private trust. And that private trust, the trustee fills out the 27MI2766. And down there where it says exemption, there's a line that says other. You sold it for 21 pieces of gold. Don't say coins. Don't say dollars. Don't say all that. That says pieces. That could be anything you want it to be. And you have a notary sign it, and you sign it, and then you you file that back down at the register of deeds saying, I'm leasing. You have a lease agreement with your own trust saying that uh, I have a, a one-year lease, automatic renewal, unless you want to kick yourself out, automatic renewal. And anyone, if they ever send you a tax bill, say, excuse me, I'm just a tenant, and I'm not going to tell you who my landlord is because I signed a letter of non-confidentiality, and I like to live in this house. I don't want to get kicked out and evicted. So you better go somewhere else. You say put on there 21 pieces, and that's it? That's it, of gold, because that's what, what oh, stamps are made of. pieces of gold. Okay. Yeah. Per, you say per Seventh Amendment, per the Seventh Amendment. Seventh Amendment says anything over $20 has to go to a common law judge and a common law jury, and back in that time, they never had Federal Reserve notes. All they had was gold and silver. So when they wrote that law, there was no Federal Reserve notes. They really didn't go into being until. Okay, uh, thank you for um, um, touching on that. Yeah, all right. You got to look at affidavits. The affidavit is creating a grant deed. You're gonna say affidavit of uh, of creating a grant deed and fee simple. Fee simple means that you own it property outright. 
But now make sure the we house is owned. Make sure you pay for the house oh, oh. now. Oh, the house got to Go be ahead. free and clear. Oh. Okay, no, we no, gotta, no, that's, okay. that's not true. I know what you're that's saying. Not, okay. Yeah, that's not true. Go ahead. That's yeah. 704-775. 704-775. Okay. Yes, greetings. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, we can. Hey, how you all doing? Fine, Great. sir. How can we help you? Yes, so I believe you were uh, referencing my situation earlier with the authenticated birth certificates and affidavits. Okay, yeah, I and I didn't understand. Yeah, and yes, I didn't so understand. It wasn't worded too well. Explain to me what have you done? First of all, I, yeah, I tried to keep it short so it wasn't too involved. Um, so basically, we've gotten the certificates back from D.C. from the Department of State, but before that. I didn't have full clarity on the instructions from the previous call, and I tried to submit the affidavit with the authentication with the state, which, you know, you're supposed to wait until you get it back from D.C. that I know now. And uh, I put too much no, in there. Hold on a minute. That, wait, I, I'm, I'm confused. The order in which you're doing it in, it sounds like you got it backwards. You go down and yeah, get I did. Birth I did before. Okay. You go get the birth certificate from the from vital statistic, correct? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Can you take that birth certificate over to the Secretary of State of your state and have them authenticated, correct? Uh-huh, yes. Okay, then you go and fill out that uh, form 4194, DS 4194, and you send that over to the federal government so that they mm-hmm. will... They just came uh, back. It just came back. So you got in your hand the birth certificate. You got the uh, the uh, Secretary of State the authentication, and now you got the federal authentication, correct? Mm, yeah, I did uh, the live birth, the birth certificate, and the assumed name as well. Okay, well, one, one thing at a time, because the 4196, if you did the live birth and the birth certificate, then you had to give them $16 when you sent it to the federal government. Is that what you did? Because it's $8 mm-hmm. a piece. Yeah, yeah okay. we did all that. Okay, the ANC, you don't have to send that federal. The ANC, you only have to go to the state level in your state because you're not calling from Minnesota, are you? No, it's North Carolina. Okay. But I, I, I did it at the federal because I don't live in Minnesota. I understand. So I just but to only, have just an extra only, level thing, of protection. Only, no, only thing you need to do is, uh, according to every state, is you have to authenticate it with the Secretary of State. It's under full faith and credit and be submitted to any court in your state. You put an affidavit on there. That's why you put an affidavit on it, on the ANC, and you sign it. You have it notarized in your state, and then you have it authenticated in your state. That's all you have to do. You don't have to send it to the federal. Okay. But before all you right. do it, you're going to... And then you're going to register it to yourself. That gives you the superior position. All three of these documents are going to be registered to yourself. So now you have a higher priority than anyone. So you don't but have the, to have an affidavit on the birth certificate then, just the A&C from what you just said. No, no. You have an affidavit on all three of them explaining all the, okay. the numbers and the names that was previously put on there at the state level. As I was saying earlier, a lot of times they may have a problem because you when you do the uh, the the affidavit, you're getting it authenticated with the state. 
sometimes people, when they attach those federal and state, they don't want to put authentication on the federal. So you're going to have to kind of reference it as like an exhibit of what you're putting in the affidavit. You, you see what I'm saying? Because a lot of them, they can't, mm-hmm. we, can't, yes. we can't authenticate on top of a federal. We're state, they're federal. We can't put something on top of federal. So you're going to have to make it either separated and don't even give it to them, or you're going to have to reference them in some kind of exhibit A, the federal, exhibit B, the uh, state, exhibit C, the versatile. You know what I'm saying? Where you're, you're not authenticating over it, you're just attaching it as examples of what you're explaining in the affidavit. Yes, yes. Okay, so I see where you're coming from. Yeah, the um, affidavit so... is a summary. The, the affid- you're, summarize- you're summarizing everything you've done on the affidavit with the names and the numbers that these people gave you, the federal and the state gave you. But So you could say, uh, Exhibit A, birth certificate, I got that on the day I was born, da-da-da-da. Uh, exhibit B, that would be the uh, state and uh, whoever your secretary of state is and the number that they gave you down at the lower section, the lower part of it. And then the federal, there's a number in the upper middle the middle section on the upper of the page, and whoever signed that. You, you're just referencing them so you can make them as exhibits to it. Because I know we have one one place we go here in Michigan, and they will, they will authenticate it all together. They will put it all together, staple it together. But I went to some other places out in the suburbs, and they wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So, but, but now I realize if you made it where there was an exhibit, you're not authenticating over it. We're just using that as an example of what we're putting in the affidavit. You, you got it? Uh-huh, yes. Okay. So if you my, did. Okay. I and I you will piss you off. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so um, my concerns was that I looked inscribed at your examples, and I was reading through them, and I feel like North Carolina, they might have issue with some of the terminology like executor, you know, full beneficial interest, ownership rights, disposal of investments. They might look at that as you're trying to use this for, as they put it, improper, unlawful purposes against justice. Because they've done that before to documents that I tried to, you know, submit. They said it was against the interest of justice and they denied the authentication. So that's why I I was thinking, well, maybe I have to water down your examples or if all this language needs to be in there, or if it's just the fact that the summary, that's all that's needed. Okay. For the birth certificate, you're standing outside yourself. If someone other than you, you, you was a baby then. So we use executor here, but it could be an agent. If there's somebody who's familiar with what's on the birth certificate is what you're saying is recognizing everything that was on the paperwork. Someone else, you could be an agent and they all, every state, has an agent. Every state, you are an agent of the agency that your all-cap name is. If they don't recognize it, then they deliberately try to make you stupid. But your name is an estate. And that's the definition I gave earlier of every infant is an estate, or the scene of an estate. You are an estate, an estate, a valid estate under the canon laws 2024 must have an executor, and it must have an agent. Now, they can't argue canon laws. That comes from the Pope. So these are laws you could throw in there and say the Pope said every executor, every estate must have an executor, the master estate, and they must have number 10, a Roman number 10 on 2024, that 
that it must have an agent to do day-to-day operation, day-to-day operation. So if they don't want, I don't know why they would try to say that you can't be an executive, but then I announced that I was because I quit as an agent, but I announced that I was now the the executor. I don't care whether they recognize it or not, but the point is that you let them know that you could be, if you don't want to dumb it down and be the agent of it, and if you type in registered agent, you would probably uh, get your your job description and everything about you have a registered agent in your in um in North Carolina. So you type in registered agent. If they recognize an agent, to be the agent. You understand? Be an agent. Then they can't say you're trying to do something that you don't want to do that you can't do. And all you're doing is recognizing, acknowledging what's on the birth certificate. That's what you're doing. And you become genuine under the federal rules of civil procedure, number 44. Once you get it back from the federal, you're genuine. And they they don't have no question about it. Now, the affidavit, that's something you just want to put on there saying that I'm recognizing all the things that I've done before. And I could recognize it as an agent. I can recognize it as an executor. Whatever you think they're going to accept, that's who's doing it. Now, the birth record. That is an affidavit of life. That's your life because that, that, that was at the county, and that's when you were born. They filed it at the county in the hospital, and that's proof that you was alive when you were born, and they put it in the, in the hospital records. Now, you could be there and put your picture in there, you know. I, after mm-hmm. I, put my picture in both, I put my picture in both of them, and believe it or not, it helped me get a passport. My birth certificate, I, I don't have a driver's license or a state ID, so I was getting a passport, and I put my authenticated birth certificate that had my picture in it, and three weeks later, I got my passport. They gave, the, the clerk gave me a hard time, but the, the supervisor heard me and said, look, just submit it in and let them tell him no. It's not up to us to decide. Submit it to the Chicago, I think that's where we get our passport from. And let them say no. Well, they didn't. They didn't. Caller, so I don't know what they... do you have? Do, do you have another question, caller? Yeah, yeah I just wanted not... to make sure I was I was clear. So basically, okay. what you're saying is the birth record should be as you speaking through the affidavit, first person, and then yes. for the birth certificate, you should be the agent or third person. Exactly. There you go. Okay, and the same for the a- the ANC, right? As the uh, agent. Yeah, that's a, that's like a business. You got a business that they that okay. you created in there, but that business was in Minnesota, so you need to put an affidavit on top of that business in Minnesota because the Secretary of State already gave you a registration in Minnesota. You just want to get one in, in in North Carolina, so you're going to do another affidavit, sign it notarize it in North Carolina, and then have it authenticated in North Carolina, and then you register it to yourself. Okay. And the, the affidavit, they're supposed to be registered in the same envelope with this, with this corresponding certificate, correct? With what certificate? Or are they supposed to be separate? Like, are are the certificates and this corresponding no, no. affidavit should be in the same envelope, right, when you register yeah, them? Yeah, when you register them, you scan them all in, scan them in, because you might have to print them up later, uh, but you scan them all in and you put them in an envelope. Put the registration number 
on the upper right-hand corner of the affidavit because you can't mark on those authentications. You can't do any any markings on those authentications, but you created the affidavit. So you could put your registered number in the upper right-hand corner of the affidavit. The reason for that, if anyone asks you for any of that information, now all you got to do is give them the affidavit. You don't have to give them all that other stuff. Everything is on the affidavit. You summarize it on the affidavit. Give, it, give them that. They want to see all that other stuff, pay me $10,000 because I got to break the envelope and everything. But right now, you just got the affidavit. They got the names and the numbers, so they can call it in and verify that this was filed. That's all they can do is call it in and verify. Why do you need to see the originals for? Okay. And when you run it in the paper, you just use the registered mail number. That's, That's it, it, right? I don't even okay. use that. That's too much. That's too much writing. They say register ANC, register birth certificate, register assume name. I, I ain't got to give them nothing. I, I, you know, that's too much. That that's gonna cost too much. Okay. Um. So I think I think that's that's pretty much much it for for now. Yeah. I flip okay. the clear on it. All right. Thank, thank you, thank you sir. All right. Thank you. Yeah, anything else, you can Skype me. Now I understand what you're talking about. I didn't know it was so confusing before. Okay. okay we got uh, we got three, four, six, seven, seven, seven. Three, four, six. Good evening, um, Mr. Myron. Um, this is my first time as a caller, and I was listening to your information on um, transferring titles back to yourself for your home. And um, my home is possibly, well, it's about to go into foreclosure within a matter of weeks. And I was wondering, um, is this a way to be able to help save my home um, or would it be too late? I, I didn't know anything about trans- transferring the home to myself. And I did hear you say you still have to pay for your house, and that's not a problem for me, but I just don't want to lose my house. No, okay. No, you can transfer the title. You understand the title and the loan is two separate issues. They're foreclosing on the loan. But if you could still transfer the house, if you have your documents uh, or the mortgage, if you got the mortgage statement, uh, you should have uh, a Section 18 uh, in Michigan, a Section 18, but it's something that says transfer for the borrower interest. It talks about transfer, and then you will read it. It says transfer the title, uh, transfer the deed, and then you could transfer the title. In the next paragraph, you could transfer part or all of the interest of the property and there's a parenthesis and there's some stuff in the middle, but go on the other side of parenthesis without the consent of the lender. So that must mean you're still paying on it. But it says you could transfer part or all of the interest of the property and go on the other side of parenthesis without the consent of the of the lender. So that means if you got a lender, that must mean you're still paying on a home. So, mm-hmm. and if you look at uh, on the first page, uh, second page, bottom the second page, there's a statement called borrower's covenant. Borrower's covenant. You have lawfully seized this property, and you're really supposed to defend it to your death. That's basically what it's saying. So you've already got the title. You just haven't put it in your name. 
So you need to stick that affidavit on top of Go down there and get a certified copy of the warranty deed. Because you could do that even if you lost your house, people. You could still do that. You could still do it because you didn't hand it over to them. That means everything they did is legal. You are doing the lawful term, lawful ways. Anything that's done after the lawful is void. So you can go down there and transfer the title out of the seller's name, which is down there. If you go down there, you see a, a certified copy of the warranty deed. You see the seller's name down there at the bottom. You put the affidavit in there, go to Skype and uh, subscribe, and you can download a template I got up there and use it uh, to understand what you need to put in there. Uh, make, name, label it, name it as grant deed. You're doing a grant deed. It's like you're creating your own deed and under fee simple, and you record it back down. You get it. Sign it, notarize it, and then authenticate it in your state. And then you go and refile it down at the Register of Deeds. Now, it voids everything they do because everything they're doing is legal. You got the lawful grant deed makes it lawful. They can't take, they can't override what's lawful. I'm just letting you know what they can't do. Now, what you allow them to do, that's two different things. But if you got to go in the mindset, and my understanding, first come, first serve, you did not show them. That you were own that you had ownership of it because you never transferred the title. That's why they could come in and get it because you got an unrecorded more uh, title to in your name. It's unrecorded because you never did do what I'm just saying doing. People, you have to show you recorded. Once it's show that you recorded, nobody sequentially can come after your house. Nobody can come once there's a record that you are down there as transferring it to yourself. And then you get it out of your name and you put it in a trust that you don't know who is the name of the trust. That's a private trust. And you make yourself a tenant in that house. Okay? Okay. So uh, how do I make myself a tenant? A legal? What do you mean? Come on. Anyone could tell you a lease agreement. Just fill out any lease agreement. agreement. Okay. Okay. And um, the one last question. Um, because of my illness, I'm not able to work. So um, that's why I'm in trouble with the house. But you, is there a way to um, access funds to have the home repaired so that it's, it, it's livable, so that I would be able to live here? I've been at here this, almost 30 years. At this point in time, the only thing I'm helping you all do is if you have insurances on your vehicle, how to how to get rid of that for three years. If you have... Uh, taxes, a W-2 or whatever, uh, things how you could increase your, your paycheck through the year, and then at the end of the year, you get it all back. It, it, mm-hmm. I, I, it's hard to know without knowing the situation, but you okay. got, you're going to get some kind of, you should have some kind of statement of how much money you paid off the insurance uh, that you should have got at the end of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. Same thing, that came out of your estate. So you need to be filing it uh, on a um as a, a federal income withheld, or if they gave you a 1099, then you're supposed to get it all back if you file it properly. I don't know what the medical V is, you know, what what kind of fund they give you. They're taking funds out of your estate to take care of you. Again, there's ways you're supposed to be able to get it back. Because everything is going to Give her your uh, Skype number, so just in case she has some questions. Okay, my Skype, if you go on Skype, 
Uh, my Skype address is RiceTech, R-I-C-E-T-E-C-H, 6557. Mm-hmm. RiceTech, R-I-C-E-T-E-C-H, 6557. All right. Thank okay. you. Okay. So very much. I appreciate you. You need Probably. to go down there. First, you need to go down there and get a certified copy of that warranty deed. And you'll see, his, your, the buyer's name is still on there. So you have to make it a public record with an affidavit of that you show you own it. Okay? okay All right. You. You're welcome. All right. Thank you. Okay, Mr. Rice. That's it. Um, thank you. Uh, you got your phone calls tonight. They was calling in. Yeah, yeah. We spent too much time on that prison thing, but I'm, you know, <laughs> sorry about that, folks. But I'm pretty sure there's some other people in the well, same we'll situation. Well, we'll be back next week. Hmm? Yes. Go ahead. We'll be back next week. And uh, please. Somebody, next week, tell me you went to that Shirley Bonds, with an S on the end, Shirley Bonds Direct, and see if you um, got a good deal. What kind of deal you got on there for a bond instead of going to that lizard and that general and paying that big bucks every six months? You know, everybody's bonded. They're using bonds. Why aren't we? They give us bonds, certificate of titles. They give us bonds. So why don't we use bonds too? All right. And they, believe me, well, after you go in there, and once you go in there and set it up, you'll get a phone call from them. Once they see what you're doing, they will be giving you a call because this is a serious thing. That bond, I guess, is serious. But every time we did it twice, they called us back. They actually called back. So be ready. Be ready. Know what you're okay. doing. Okay? Okay. All right. Thank you, Mr. Rice. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, okay. Peace and love. And, and, and one day we'll be able to get to uh, 26 U.S.C. 1709 and 1710. One day we'll get to it. Right. Hopefully we will next week. Uh, okay. We're still getting good information. So thank you for yeah. your time. Okay. All right, folks. Peace, peace and love. Peace and love. Okay. Uh, I will be back tomorrow at 9 o'clock e- p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Peace and love, everyone.
They're the ones who's coming up And the world is in their hands When you teach the children To jump the very best they can But just let it be The world won't get no better We gotta change it now Just you and me Wake up all the doctors Make the old people well They're the ones who suffer And who catch all the hell But they don't have so very long Judgment day So won't you make them happy Before they pass away Wake up all the builders Time to build a new land I know we could do it If we all lend a hand The only thing we have to do Is put it in our minds Surely things will work out They do it every time Let it be The world won't get no better We gotta change it Just you and me Stop it! 
For COVID-19 testing, look into Quest, the lab that's processed over 25 million tests and counting. You can get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's experience and accuracy you can trust from Quest, the largest medical testing lab in the country. So order today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. Making the world healthier, safer, and more efficient. That's the mission for IT professionals at Lidos. And right now, they're looking for the next generation of innovators to help transform the business and change the future of work. Excellent pay and sign-on bonuses available. Security clearance required. Put your software skills to work with Lidos. Learn more at Lidos.com slash PHX2. That's L-E-I-D-O-S dot com slash PHX2. 